Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Matt Frad, Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. But uh, Rob, before we uh, break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this day, the gift of this moment. You are the God of now. Help us, Lord, to be present now with you. Lord, thank you for the gift of your word. Uh, and, and as we break open the gospel that we will hear this Sunday at Mass, uh, Lord, please help it to come to life in, in, in each and every one of us as fathers, as mothers, as sons, as daughters, as friends, as co-workers, as coaches, as teachers, in every aspect of our lives. Lord, please give us the courage. Holy Spirit, please just, just give us each an extra helping of courage to live the Word, live the Word each and every day in, in, in all aspects of life. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Matt, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? Absolutely. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 4. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. A violent squall came up and waves were breaking over the boat so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even the wind and sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the four words, let me count them. One, two, three, four. Yes, it is four. The four words that jumped out, Matt, when you were reading that, just as he was. Just as he was. Like, so he didn't have time to go home and, you know, do his hair or, or get a clean, uh, clean set of clothes on. Yeah, but interesting, just isn't as it? he was. And uh, so many times I feel... Uh, uh, you know, do I need to? Like, you know, I know we need to hit, you know, meet people where they are, but we don't need to change Jesus. <laughs> we need to take Him just, just as, as he, he is. Amen. Right in our families, in our in our workplaces, on the wow. ball field, everywhere. You know, so as ambassadors for Christ in all aspects of life, take Jesus just as He is, because He's perfect. Isn't <laughs> He's that amazing? Perfect I've been, love. I've heard this gospel joy. my whole life, and I've never noticed that. 
Isn't that amazing, huh? Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah, it just jumped out at me this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to make him cool. You don't need to. In fact, when you try to do that, when you see people try and do that, it often has the opposite effect. But if we just proclaim Christ as he is, you know, thank you. I was reflecting on this and it brought up a story in my heart. You know, the violent squalls came up and the waves were breaking over the boat and they cried out to Jesus. And it brought back a story that happened in my life. With my daughter, Mem, when she was married, we came and had the reception at our home, and we set up this big white tent, and there's probably 300 guests were coming. It was just going to be amazing. But the weather forecast was horrific. There were violent storms coming, tornado warnings, and the caterer's like, oh, man, Dave, we're going to have to put those windows on the sides of the tent, but I don't know if the tent will hold. You know, and, and the next thing you know, we said, you know, we need to pray and ask for God mm. to help us here. We're doing a novel idea. And so... A little bit later on in the day, I walked over to the same caterer who's a believer and just a beautiful man. He said, Dave, I got to tell you this story. He says, as the black clouds were coming, the storms were coming, you know, from the Harrisburg area down, it was, it was horrific looking. He said, and it looked like the hands of God went into the middle of that storm and parted it because, Dave, it went around your property and joined back up on the other side, and this was a hot July day, he said, and it was as if God turned the air conditioning on because the cool breeze came through. We took down the windows of the tent, and when you got here, it was the perfect day, the perfect weather for this reception. Seven tornadoes touched down within 15 miles of us, Goodness, and we had not a drop of rain, no storms, although they were all coming. And the man's like, I witnessed a miracle. I witnessed God's hands part that storm to protect this wedding. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. It just blew me away because I remember him saying it to me. I remember praying, but I was in the throes of going to the wedding and doing everything else. And when he told me that story at the end, I was like, oh my goodness, we did. We witnessed a miracle, and God's air conditioning. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I think a lot of Christians um, are struggling with different things in their life, and when they turn to popular Christian speakers or books, those issues are sometimes not addressed. Um, things like maybe the death of a young child or being married to a spouse who you feel like isn't the person you married. You know, there's all these sorts of things, that, or having a very strong-willed child who we love, but we don't know how to like, you know? These are the sorts of things I think many Christians are embarrassed to admit, afraid to admit, because they don't want to seem a certain way. And I think this is the perfect analogy. Like, we feel like we are in a boat, and we're just getting tossed around. We don't, we don't sense the direction that we would like to have in our lives. And all we see is a little dinghy boat, as we say in Australia. I'm not sure if you say dinghy. <laughs> and it's being, and it just says, it's, the boat was already filling up. And you almost want to say, like, Jesus, where are you? And this is almost comical. He's in the stern, asleep on a cushion. <laughs> you know? And I just love the shock. Like, teacher, you know, glad you're getting a nap. <laughs> glad that you're able to sleep through this. However... Uh, and just the peace that our Lord Isn't must have. Isn't your cushion getting wet? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but just the peace he, he obviously had with him. He was not afraid of men. He was not afraid of death. You know, he was afraid for us, perhaps, and af- afraid of the sin and what that does to us. But just this peace he had. Uh, and, and to try and put ourselves in the sandals of these apostles and how afraid they must have been. You know, the, the 
maybe the dark of night, evening was, was drawing on, the, the boats being filled up. I mean, just that sense of dread, like we are out of our element and this is bad. And I think all of us have had that experience. And what a beautiful example just to turn to our Lord and the honesty that they had. They didn't say, Lord, we trust in you, uh, you know, which they could have said, and that wouldn't have done anything to do away with their fear, but they just, look, we're perishing. And so maybe just an encouragement to us that those areas of our life that feel completely out of control, to have the honesty and the trust to turn to our Lord in prayer and say, Jesus, do you not care that I'm perishing? And trusting that he can do what, what he has promised, but to have that honesty with our Lord in prayer. You know, as you were sharing that word with honesty, I, I started in the beginning here. Jesus says to his disciples, let us cross to the other side. And that learning lesson for me is follow the Lord, follow his promptings, follow the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide us because the Lord knows where he wants to take us and why. Too many times in my life's journey, I always want to figure it out. Well, Lord, why do you want to take me to the other side? What are we going to do over there? Stop. That's a trap. Stop. Trust in the Lord and be obedient. And then he's going to allow, God allows those violent squalls in our lives. And we have to disassociate with the crowds that are around us. Because if we get in with the crowds, we stay at their level. And we hear them saying, why is he taking That's us right. here? What are we doing? And we get, Where are we, we going? get stuck in that trap. So the Lord wants to pull us out of the crowds because he wants to grow our faith in him. Because huh. you see, in this situation, the disciples had fear and the new Lord knew it. Well, fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. <laughs> fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Wow. And I think it's 365 times in the Bible, it says, be not afraid. And a fear like that is a lack of trust in God. He's always there with us through the cancers, through the terminal illnesses, through whatever we're going to go through, whatever the squalls are in our lives, God is with us, and it's for a purpose. And so we need to constantly, constantly turn to the Lord, turn to the Lord, turn to the Lord. He wants to grow us in our spiritual strength, in our faith in Him, so that when these squalls that do come in all of our lives come, we have peace. Because when we have fear, we've lost hope. When we have fear, we've forgotten to trust. So God wants to take us through these journeys where he wants to take us to grow us, to strengthen us for what is ahead of us. Yeah. And, and Jesus knew what these guys needed, right? So they needed quiet, be still, and the storm was gone. If Jesus knew that they needed him to wake up and ride it out with them till that boat reached the shore and the storm never stopped... Sort of like the crucifixion must have felt like that. Yeah, right. Come off the cross, and at that point, it was like, no, this yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. So in our lives, when when we're praying, I think we have to surrender what we think is the outcome that needs right. to happen, because God, and if we totally trust that, regardless of the outcome, it's for our own good, and and the greatest good is our the salvation of our soul, being forever in heaven with our Lord. So then it doesn't matter what happens. So if the storm that's happening in our lives doesn't end the way we think it should have ended, then that's okay, because that's God saying, You're, I'm going to turn this into good. Or if it ends, you know, or if there's a healing, if there's a sickness in the family, if there's a healing, great. If there's not, well, God's plan is, is for that. You know, so the end, the end doesn't matter, really. It's, it's, it's being with Jesus and trusting that whether he removes the storm or rides it out with us. And I think sometimes, yeah. um, Rob, 
we have to intellectually choose to trust. Just like forgiveness mm. isn't always accompanied with an emotion, it's an act of the will, and hopefully the emotion might come later, maybe not. But I think sometimes too, it's this intellectual decision. So my wife and I recently moved a year and a half ago, and a lot of the times we've been like, why do we do this? Like, Maybe we just made a really bad decision. What were we thinking? And we have had a few confirmations that this is where you're meant to be. But it's so easy to whine and to be like, ah, why are we here? What do we do this? For? But just choosing. Okay, I might feel like that. And I can't necessarily control that. But I can control what I will say. And when I say things like, why do we do this? That's an act of distrust. That's putting my faith in the wrong kingdom. As opposed to saying, I trust in you, Jesus. Even though everything within me might be thinking something different. You know. And, you know, it's amazing, these obscure little sentences that we find <laughs> as we read the Scripture. There's an obscure little sentence that says, and other boats yes. were with him. And this is what's amazing. When you have that communion, that common union with the Lord, and you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? And then docility of the Spirit and let God teach you. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm not getting this sentence. What did that have to do with the story? I thought the same thing. And the Lord said, well, let's take a look at it elsewhere in Scripture. When Peter was in the boat and didn't catch fish, and the Lord came and got in the boat with Peter, the boat to us represents the church, Peter represents the Pope, Jesus gets in the boat with them, and they go out and he says, cast the net out on this side, and they catch a catch that's so big, they can't bring it to shore. Well, the net represents the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the church puts the net out, but what do they do? They call out to their partners in the other boats. Mm. To me, ladies and gentlemen, that's our brothers and sisters in Christ that are not in full communion with the Holy Catholic Church, but they're still our brothers and sisters. They are still following Jesus Christ. We need to link arms together with them and bring the net ashore. They are not our enemies. They are our allies. With love and courage and humility, we need to share mm. through our actions how God has brought us not into a, just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but an ever-deepening, intimate one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The enemy got into the camp, and his battle cry is divide and conquer, and he's been in the camp for over 500 years to divide and conquer the church so that we infight, stop it. It needs to end today. And we need to follow Christ, follow Christ, and be an invitation, an invitation to others to lock arms, and we fight the common enemy who's out after the family, after our children, after everything he wants to destroy. He's the enemy, not our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm, I'm reminded of a quote from Peter Kreeft who said, very simply, when an enemy is at the door, Feuding brothers reconcile. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's so it right. might be, yeah, we have legitimate concerns. We have legitimate disagreements. Uh, and since truth is objective, we do need to come, you know, by God's grace. That's the key to resolutions in these things. And yet, I think it's fair to say at some point, you know, imagine if you had a brother and you were going over these little things. They might be legitimate disagreements, but right now there's a psychopath at the door. How about we put this aside just for a moment and deal with this threat? Yeah. Well, when we look at that, Matt, you deal a lot in, the, in, in, in setting people free and, and, and integrity restored and the battle against pornography. And that is the black plague yes. of our country today. 
It is taking out and killing more people spiritually than anything I can ever fathom. It's taking out fathers and mothers and children. The average age is now eight or nine that they view pornography, and it's horrifically horrible pornography. So we need to join and lock arms mm. and fight that enemy that's looking to destroy the family and from not, within. And not just with other Christians, but with anyone of goodwill. I, I run circles with you know, Protestant Christians, Mormons, atheists, and it's like we all, we're all looking at this enemy that's threatening us, and it's like it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing to link arms with these yes. people. There was another little ditty in here that I circled. It says, great awe. They were filled with yes. great awe. You know what? Jesus said, you must be like one of these in order to come into the kingdom. A child. I want to have childlike awe every day of my life when I wake up and I listen to the birds as they sing in, with all their hearts to God, thanking them for the gift of the day thanking God for the gift of the day. I want to sing like they do and thank God and live a life of awe and wonder at what God is doing in me, with me, through me, in others. I want to live that life every day. I don't want to ever take it for granted. I don't want to ever have it be an expectation. I want to live with a life, with a heart of gratitude, and then ask God for that gift of the spiritualized to see him, the spiritual to hear him, and a heart to respond, the heart of Christ. That's it. And then I'm telling you, because it happened in my life 11 years ago, changed me. My life today is a great adventure. And I do, most of the time, live it with a heart of gratitude and in awe. But I once was the walking dead. I once didn't care if I lived or died. So ladies and gentlemen, man, Ask God for the gift, the eyes, the ears to hear and see spiritually. And then here's the key. Ask God to allow you to be a blessing this day to others, to use you as an instrument in the salvation of souls today. It don't get any better than that. It's not about a raise at work. But if God uses you as an instrument to help set a person free, to help them experience God's peace, God's love, God's mercy, God's compassion— Baby, it gets no better than that because Amen. what you receive in return is something the world can't give you, money mm. can't buy, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Love, peace, joy, gentleness, kindness. It's it. And that's the life in abundance that Jesus Christ paid the price for. Mm. He gave his life so that we can have life now and have it abundantly. Amen. 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 And we can pray for that. You know, wonder and all is is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We, we can pray for that, the, the return of wonder and all. And, and if you just think of our lives, when, when do we feel these gifts most profoundly? It's when we're grateful and when we're generous. Yes. The, the G, G and G, right? Double Gs. When we're grateful and when we're generous. Jesus. And if we're, not, if we're not grateful and we're not generous, we're never going to truly How do you experience. cultivate that, Rob? How do you cultivate that? I mean, other than praying to be grateful and praying to be generous— what anything in your life that you could suggest to me and and to our listeners? And... Well, just something that happened to me just last night. I was calling home. I was away from the family, and um, and the kids, we have five kids. The kids are about to watch a movie. Like that, you know, movie, I was talking to my oldest daughter. Movie's about to come on. Dad, can we just put you on speakerphone so you can get this? You know, she didn't say this, but in my mind, it's like, guys, can we just put you on speakerphone so you know get this hello thing over with so we can get to our movie? Yeah. Uh, so we did the speakerphone. And then my eight-year-old son Thomas says, "Dad, I, I want to talk to you. You know, I want to talk to you." 
you know, can, we, can I take you off speaker? He's like, sure. So he takes me off speaker, and he says, well, Dad, how was your day? Tell me about your day. And we started talking, and this morning I, I spoke to him again, and, and I said, Thomas, thank you so much for that gift last night that you gave me, that we just had a chance to, to talk. That was awesome, right? So to answer your question, Matt, I think it's, it's, it's being intentional. Um, like we need to be intentionally out to catch people doing things right. Okay. I think for ourselves, we need to be intentionally out to, to be thankful. Mm, I like how you put that, yeah. Just to be intent. Like just As opposed to the middle. spirit of the world that gives us this great skepticism about everybody and, yeah. oh, they didn't mean that or the reason they did that was this. And, yeah. and then when I was talking to him today, the morning after, uh, you know, we had this great conversation. At the end, he's like, "That have because oh, they were going somewhere that sounded like fun." I was like, "I'll oh, have fun today, bud." He goes, "You have fun in your meetings today." He said, All right, "Can you do that? Are, are meetings fun?" <laughs> These ones, huh? <laughs> yeah. I said, oh yeah, we're talking. I'm, I'm with great people. We're talking about helping others, and I said, "Yeah, that's that's pretty fun." Thank you. Uh, and I'm like, thank you, God, thank for just for those that little encounter. That's for my eight year old son, and what he taught me through that was. Uh, in my life, sometimes I want to do the speakerphone. I want to like get it over with, like check the box. Okay, I, you know, I did this nice thing, and yeah. let's do it corporately, and you know, do it, like knock it all out at one shot. But it wasn't until the one-on-one encounter that I had with my son that I felt truly connected back with my family. I was away from them, and it was that one-on-one encounter that that made me feel connected. Right. So there's a lot of people out there, and Matt, you know, and and what the God, what God's called you to do. Uh, helping people that are battling the, the the addiction of pornography, they feel alone. They feel isolated. They are dying for that one-on-one encounter with God, and it's going to come through yeah. a person, right? They, so they need to feel that. So my little eight-year-old boy just said, "Dad, don't forget the one-on-ones." Yeah. Right? God is speaking to me through him, one-on-one. Right? Every soul counts. Amen. Thank you. We should point out, too, for those who are interested who might be struggling with pornography or someone they love who is, um, you might want to visit this website, theporneffect.com, theporneffect.com, and our other site is integrityrestored.com. There you'll find a wealth of articles and videos and podcasts that will, I think, I think, bless you and help you as you begin the walk towards purity. Awesome. And again, I'm, I'm just letting the Lord take me to sentences, and he took me to this one. you got to listen to the words. This is the disciples who've been with Jesus now a few years. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, I wrote down the word. They were guilting Jesus. And I'm like, what? Passive-aggressive behavior on part of the apostles. <laughs> Look at yeah. it. It's teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Yeah. See, God knows the condition of our hearts, and he wants to continually purge from us the impurities of the world and purify us so that we truly have the heart of Christ and renew our minds to have the mind of Christ. So for me, this guilting, you know, is, 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 is not an intimate relationship. It's almost, it's not even, it's not there. So God wants to, he knows the condition of our hearts. So he's taken them through this to help them grow into that intimacy and relationship as God, the father, you know, loves us. And, and I think that's really what it's all about. The, the, the disciples here, they don't know how much God truly loves them. As a father loves his son, as a brother loves his brother, 
and as a bridegroom loves his bride. And I really believe that our hearts, when we truly understand, even in our finite minds, how much God loves us, it's going to take us an eternity to truly get it. But here on earth, God's always calling us up to know and to to, to experience that deep level of intimacy, that common union with his heart, that communion. I believe that's really what it's about. These lessons we go through are to always draw us closer and deeper into his sacred heart. I really believe that. Praise God. And and David, the Lord just spoke something to my heart. I just want to share about the the other boats uh, and and other boats were with him. Uh, Every every time that we're in adoration or in Mass, we're receiving the flesh, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord at Mass. We're adoring the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, just as real today as, as he was in the boat with his apostles. And I think of uh, Pascal, Blaise Pascal had this thing where he said, you know, some looked at Jesus while he was on earth and saw only man. And then some of us look at the Eucharist today and see only bread. Mm. Wow. So who benefited from the quiet be still? Was it just those in the boat with Jesus? Or was it yeah. them and the other boats? It was all of them. So every holy hour we, where, where we sacrifice the gift of the time that God gave us to give back to him, and we spend a holy hour, it's not just going to benefit us in the Catholic Church. It's going to benefit our brothers and sisters who are not yet in full communion with the church. Right, so we have the gift. The, these guys had Jesus in the boat. We have Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity that we can receive every day at Mass. We can adore every day in adoration, not just for our benefit, but for the salvation of every single soul. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Like, I, I, it is. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I mean, for me, I got to look in the mirror because the reason there's a division in the church today, it starts with me. It starts with each and every one of us who proclaim to be Catholic do we live out our faith through our actions? Do we truly believe Jesus is present in the Eucharist? They're his words, eat my flesh, drink my blood. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. John chapter 6. Read it. Do we live it? Do they see Christ in us? Because when they do, I have so many friends that are pastors, heads of evangelical colleges, everything else. They see Christ in me, and I'm an, an anomaly. An anomaly. So, brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's reflect Christ purely in our Catholic faith and be invitations, invitations to that dance as brothers and sisters. God bless one and all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100.
On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.